And now on Overnights, Entertainment with Simon Foster. It is that time on a Monday morning where we speak to Simon Foster, the host of the entertainment podcast Screen Watching, who is on the line. How are you, mate? Oh, look, I'm doing okay, having bounced back from a second bout of COVID through the week, but I'm, oh. I'm, doing, I'm fighting fit. Hope you're well. Yes, yes, indeed. I am. Thank you. Uh, when we spoke last, you were going to Melbourne. Then I think you got mucked around with an aircraft or something, but I assume uh, everything went well when you were in Melbourne? Yes, it did. I was down there for the first sort of standalone Melbourne leg of my, my science fiction film festival, and it did very well. For some reason, we tried to go up against Harry Styles for two nights at the festival. He had his concerts down there, and I think that probably sucked up a bit of the... Uh, we very quickly became the second most important social event in Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> that evening. So, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. The Melbourne people loved their sci-fi, so they came out in droves. It was good to be there. Very good. Good to hear. All right, this week we kick off with Empire of the Light. Tell me about it. Well, this should have Oscar nominations all over it. There was a lot of festival buzz about this film sort of running into the late months of 2022. It's directed by Sam Mendes, who's one of the big international directors. He's already had Oscar glory with American Beauty and some of his other films. Um, stars Olivia Coleman, who's an Oscar winner. It's set in a movie theatre in uh, on the sea, in a seaside town in, in the UK in the early 80s. So it talks about movies and God knows the Academy loves hearing stories about themselves. So it's got everything going for it. And yet somehow it fails terribly to gel as a drama. She, mm. Olivia Coleman plays a woman who works at the, at the cinema, becomes friends with a young black man played by Michael Ward. He's very good in this. But then it goes through the motions of one minute they're in love and then she's got mental health issues. And then you've got, this is Thatcher's Britain, so there's a bit of a racial uprising. And it seems to be just ticking all these boxes of, what should be filled with drama and which should get some reaction from the audience. But unfortunately, it doesn't. What you're left with are beautiful images from cinematographer Roger Deakins. He makes his cinema look stunning. Um, and a raging sense of disappointment that this film just doesn't come together. Colin Firth, does he deliver? Well, he plays the misogynistic, bigoted head of the cinema who's taking advantage of Olivia Coleman just so she can keep her job. You know, it's it's a small part for him, and right. he kind of walks through this, like some of the other actors do, except Elizabeth Coleman, who really plays the back row in some of her acting. There's some uh, there's some pretty overwrought melodrama in this film. Okay. Sounds like one to maybe forget. If you love pretty pictures, Deacons does a beautiful job with his camera, but right. in every other sense, this is a, yeah, this is a major misfire for some really talented people. Okay. Now tell me about All the Beauty and Bloodshed. Fascinating title for a film. This is a documentary, one of the five nominated for a Best Doco Oscar. It'll be announced next Monday, our time. It is the story of Nan Golden. Now, she is a famous photographer who was a, a vivid sort of central figure of, of the New York underground movement, hung out with people like, you know, David Byrne and Andy Warhol and all those great sort of New York City underground types. And this is kind of that story. But it's also a story about how... In the early 2000s, she, be she became one of the many who was addicted to opioids, oxycotton, and it's her story about how she came out of that and is now a fervent activist against Purdue and the Sackler family 
and she's made it her sort of mission in life to close down galleries or to get Sackler's name off galleries um, to continue to support him and his money and, and the family money. So this is a this is a really multifaceted documentary, which is kind of a bit of art history, but also a really powerful bit of you know modern social commentary as well. Wow, that does sound good. Will that be at the cinemas or streaming or where, where yeah, can we that's see coming that? to cinemas. That's coming to cinemas very soon in the I think in the week ahead. Actually, sorry, I should have that information with me. But um, yeah, it's it, as one of the big five sort of Oscar nominated docos. Okay. It's definitely getting a run and uh, and will definitely be worth catching on on one of the streaming platforms in, in weeks to come. Beautiful. That's all the beauty and bloodshed. Now talking of streaming in the world of streaming, this is. This has appeal to me only because the character is interesting. But uh, anyway, you tell me about it. It's called Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story. Now, many of us know Weird Al Yankovic. He does the great parody songs. He was a multi-platinum star through the 80s and 90s with mm. send-up songs like Beat It, um, uh, which became Eat It in Beat his it. hands. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly like a surgeon, we remember the Madonna send-up. Um, but in this one, what he's done is taken very much that, that sort of musical biopic framework and made a parody of that. So if you don't cotton on with the casting of Daniel Radcliffe as in Harry Potter playing Weird Al Yankovic, then you're not going to be on the ball with this one. But this is a very funny send-up of those kinds of movies. To say that um, it doesn't pull any punches is an understatement. Uh, Be ready for Madonna to become a global leader of a Colombian drug cartel, so you know it's not particularly <laughs> steeped in truthfulness, but it is steeped in a real wackiness that makes it a lot of fun. And the cameos throughout this, it's just a who's who of American comedy, with Daniel Radcliffe out front just giving this amazingly comic performance, just going all in on playing weird Al Yankovic. And it's, um, i got to admit, there's at least five or six moments of this that had me in guffaws of laughter, so that's always a good sign. Ah, that sounds fantastic. Weird. Weird Al Yankovic. Where can we see that one? That one's on the Paramount Plus Network. Australia's one of the last countries to get it. It came out in America in the middle of last year, and we sort of ummed and ahed about getting it. So I think a lot of people who wanted to see this may have already seen it through some of the the video hookups and through YouTube. But um, to watch it good and see it properly, have a look at Paramount Plus. Okay, I'll be doing that. Now tell me what's on screen watching this week. Uh, we had a very busy week this week. We looked at uh, the big deal that Foxtel and HBO have done to keep some of the content on Foxtel because big HBO shows like Sex and the City and more recently Game of Thrones and House of Dragons have, have kept Foxtel um, sort of in the eyes of the, the subscribers. Um, and also we look at the huge drop-off that Ant-Man had at the box office, 70% drop-off in the second week. Is this something that Marvel should be worried about? Um They've got a lot of movies in the pipeline and a lot of TV shows. If things are going to start losing an audience like that in the second weekend, Marvel maybe have a bit of concern. But um, And lots of other chit-chat as well. Beautiful stuff. That's screen watching. Get it where you get your podcasts. Simon, we'll get you where we get you a week from this morning. I wish you well, my friend. Talk soon. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. That is Simon Foster.